Guess what, friends? We have big fun, fun news. You know Crank and Boom has been a Lexington favorite for over a decade now. Well, now Crank and Boom has been enshrined on a Monopoly board. Yes, I'm talking about the real-life Monopoly board game you played as a kid with Community Chess, Park Place, and Kentucky Avenue. They have just come out with the Lexington edition of Monopoly, and Crank and Boom is on the board. So you can go buy Crank and Boom as a property on the latest Monopoly board featuring all sorts of Lexington attractions. Grab your own board game at crankandboom.com before supplies run out, crankandboom.com. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Crank and Boom podcast. I am your host, Tao Green. I opened a Thai restaurant with my family 17 years ago that has since morphed into a multi-million dollar ice cream business. I have the honor of leading 40 plus teammates to fulfill our company's mission, create joy, ignite laughter, and inspire compassion. And now I get to share my experiences of building this incredible business with you. On the show, we chat all things small business, family, and life, and how we can do it all with a bit more purpose and in community. I am so glad that you're here. This is the Crank and Boom Podcast. Remember the days when you had to report into work at 8 a.m. sharp, dressed in snappy work attire, and stay at that same desk and same locale until 5 p.m. or later? Well, 2020 changed that, obviously, and a new idea emerged that maybe some of us could work from home, and that not only did that work out better than anyone thought, but presented an even better way of working all together. It has changed the conversation about the quote-unquote need and the desire to physically be in an office. Though some businesses still require in-person staff, like an ice cream shop maybe, many businesses are having to change their mindset about remote work to attract and keep top talent, especially if you are talking about millennials and younger. Research tells us that 98% of people would like to work remotely at least part of the time. Companies are seeing an uptick in job satisfaction and productivity as they begin to make remote work an option, either part-time or full-time. Being able to work in a flexible environment from the locale of your choice is allowing people to attain that ever-elusive work-life balance, leading towards less stressed-out people who are living the life that they want to live. And isn't that what this is really all about? So maybe you've had a remote situation for your business from the very beginning, or maybe you're getting used to the notion of work being remote for yourself or the people that you work with. Regardless, I've got some key insights on how to function well in a remote environment, and I'll share my own experiences as a CEO leading from afar. So let's get into it. So my evolution to becoming myself more of a remote worker was not something that was overly intentional or that I even knew was a possible thing. It definitely accelerated because of COVID, because we had to figure out a way to work with our team while being apart. It also, at the same time, presented this opportunity that said, you know what, I don't actually 
have to be in an office all the time. And at that time, I was already still floating around. At the time, we had two stores. I would float from store to store, and we also have a headquarters. So I would float to headquarters sometimes. So I didn't have a regular schedule, but I was already not centralized in one place. I was already floating around. But then when we were locked down, it made it even more important for us to create systems so that we could still communicate and still be in touch with our team and communicate with our customers in a way that did not require us to be in a physical location. I think one of the biggest shifts for me, and this of course has been an evolution, is figuring out where to place people where I am not having to be involved in all the things all the time. And so from a CEO standpoint, how do I do that and make sure that my values and our message and everything that we do gets passed on to every single person in the company? We have regular meetings with our managers so that everybody is in communication all the time. I am personally not a fan of meetings. I do not like having meetings for the sake of meetings. And so if we're going to have a meeting, we better have a very important agenda that we stick to that has a time limit and that we're not just standing around yammering on together forever because everybody's time is valuable and everybody has things to do. Our shop team and our production team have a meeting every single week on Wednesday where they talk about things that are coming up. And that's the nitty gritty details. The meeting is called shop operations. So shop operations and our shop management team, as well as our leadership team from our production team is a part of that meeting. They coordinate all the different things that are happening. They address different issues. And it's a lot of details that most people would find very boring. And I am not a part of that meeting. What I do is I see notes from that meeting. So I'm able to review the notes. If I see something that someone hasn't reached out to me personally, but I see that maybe I need to address something based off of my personal thoughts or experience, I might chime in on something. But for the most part, I stay out of it. I do not get bogged down with those nitty-gritty details. I trust in my leadership team that if there is something very pressing, somebody will bring it to my attention and we can figure it out together. I think being clear on what everybody's role and task is is very important, especially when you're not in the same room all together. But I think it's very possible to have really good communication in a sense of quality and not quantity. We use Slack religiously, and we have different channels for different issues. So that, for me as a CEO, is a way that I can monitor things from afar without having to ping everybody every day saying, I need an update. I can see the updates in real time, and I don't need to go bug somebody about something because it might be disruptive to what they are doing. And so I can see things in small form before they turn into bigger problems. And we try to tell everybody to make sure to put all your conversations on Slack so that we can see if there's an issue. Someone within that conversation might not have the solution, but someone from some other department or someone else can see the issue and might be able to chime in and offer a solution so that we're not having to have 20 meetings all the time. When we first started using Slack, we definitely had to build in a culture because I had never used Slack before and I was the queen of having 50 group messages on my text, which is completely insane because then you forget who's on where 
and you'd have to change it all this time. And so once we got in a groove of actually using Slack and figuring out how we can best utilize it as a tool, we had to really emphasize, especially to leadership, if you have a problem, you can't just text someone directly anymore. If you have a problem, you need to put it in the public space because then, one, we have it documented, and then, two, it allows us to open it up so that those two people in that conversation are not isolated, and it allows us to open it up to other people who can potentially offer a solution. In our Slack channels, we also have a channel called Non-Work Fun. So if somebody wants to post about their dog, we have a lot of posts about dogs. If you want to post about your dog, I think that's great. And we want to get to know you and we want to know about Fluffy and that she had surgery and we want to support you in that. Let us share these things about our lives that have nothing to do with work specifically, but have everything to do with work and how we relate to each other and build a community within our own organization. One of the lessons I've learned as an entrepreneur is celebrating. Taking time to intentionally honor your achievements and share them with others is a big part of what makes the whole journey worth it. And one of my favorite ways to do it is with food, of course. Gold Belly is our partner in how we deliver our ice cream to customers all over the U.S. so they can make their special moments even more special wherever they are. And whatever milestone you're celebrating with your friends and family, Gold Belly has just the thing. Whether you need Guy Fieri's trash can dessert nachos for dad's birthday or Martha Stewart's famous banana pudding for your sister's baby shower, Gold Belly can ship it right to your door and make your event even more special. So if you haven't taken advantage of Gold Belly's amazing offerings, now's the time. Run over to their website at goldbelly.com and make your celebration unforgettable. If you've been here for a while, you know that I incorporate community in everything I do. It fuels every decision I make about my life and my company. Our beloved sponsors, Holly Hill & Co., also share the same love for community. In fact, their love of community is why they work so hard to highlight local produce in all nine of their Central Kentucky restaurants, like Zim's in downtown Lexington, Honeywood at the Summit, and the historic Holly Hill Inn in Midway. So you can experience what it means to connect the farmer and the food to your family's table. And now they've expanded their offerings to the community by opening a new cooking studio and retail store. You can take cooking classes with the very famous James Beard nominated chef Weta Michael herself and learn about how to make the most out of your farmer's market hall or how to craft the perfect bourbon menu. And while you're there, shop the handcrafted goods and thoughtfully curated gift sets for your friends and family. Learn more about their new cooking studio and retail store in downtown Versailles, Kentucky by visiting hollyhillandco.com. Again, that's hollyhillandco.com. And let them know Tal from the Crank and Boom podcast sent you. We have basically four different silos. We've got two physical stores. We have a headquarters and then we have Mike and I as the ownership. We've got four different silos that are working in all sorts of different capacities. And like any organization that has multiple departments and multiple locations, it is easy to get trapped in those silos. Mm -hmm. 
And it is easy to get in a space where you are blaming other people when things go wrong. We have had plenty of growing pains when it comes to making sure that our team is united as one unit. One department doesn't necessarily have to know everything that goes on the other department, but I feel like it's important that they at least understand what the other people are doing. I think really communicating and having our managers be well-versed in spotting those red flags and being able to shift the conversation and build understanding and build camaraderie, that is the key, is being able to have those folks who are basically your go-betweens, the different departments, being able to make sure that they are creating the conversation that says, hey, we are one unit, trying to build understanding and not build divisions. If you have people who are supposed to be your advocate up and down all across the board who cannot play that role in uniting the different teams, the whole thing will collapse. It will fall apart because you cannot have one side being divided and wanting to pit themselves against the other side because we all do have one mission. We're all trying to do one thing. Of course, everybody's got their own personal agendas, not in a bad sense, but people have different goals in life and people are here in our company for different reasons. But we can still all work together towards a similar goal while still achieving all of our own personal goals. I think so much of the world has changed now and our younger generation is standing up and demanding that life is not just all about work anymore. Life is about living life and getting the opportunity to live life. Being able to say, I'm going to do all my work at these times that are the times that I have the best energy, that I can put my best foot forward. Maybe the best time for you to work is at 10 o'clock at night. That honestly is me for a long time. My best work was from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. I had energy. I was creative. It was quiet. And that's when I did my best work. Having to sit all day and be in one place all day is just an energy drain. And so what do you have left at the end of the day to give to your friends, to your family, to the rest of your life? Not very much. So why wouldn't you want to find a life where you could do all of those things on your terms at the time that you do best. Now, you have to have responsibility and have accountability. And so making sure there are systems set up where people are accountable for the tasks that they're supposed to do, that they hit the deadlines they need to hit, that we're all doing the work that we need to do. But there is a way to do it where you don't have to just sit together in a room all together all the time. We want to have a mutually beneficial relationship, being able to build a culture where we respect each other's time and that we respect that there is life outside of work is very important to me. so much for listening to the Crank and Boom podcast. If you want business advice and tactics like this every week, click that follow button wherever you listen to your podcast so you never miss an episode with us. 
Also, if you like what you heard today, it would mean oh so very much to me if you would leave us a review that helps other people find us. Leave a note on what topics you want me to cover more of because we would love to hear from you. I can't wait to meet you here again very soon. Until next time, peace! This is a production of Four Eyes Media.